Welcome back. Um, Allison and I are just going off of our last podcast where we talked about Israel and preparing for the coming storm. And we were going to group it into one, but we feel like this could be a whole episode on its own. Um, where if you've listened to us for any amount of time, I know we only have a handful of episodes out, but you know, we very much believe in the gifts of the spirit or for today. And we talk about the manifestation of the Holy spirit through his bride. And, um, we are women and we hear from the Lord and we have found ourselves fighting against a narrative that says one that nobody in the body of Christ can hear from the Lord or operate in the gifts of the spirit. And another that says, especially women cannot hear from the Lord. And, um, we just wanted to speak to that, take some time and, yes. and encourage you that that is a false teaching. And that is a teaching straight from the serpent in the garden. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And more so those who are saying that are false teachers. viewpoints on things as I've matured spiritually and I've walked with Christ have changed um, very much so. And so I suppose at one point in time when I was on social media and I had a larger following and I was talking about, you know, women pastors, or I was talking about my beliefs on the end times, they're different now than what they weren't want than what they once were. Mm-hmm. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that God redeems us and he has redeemed me <laughs> and I have repented sincerely for anything that I've shared that has not, that I shared out of my flesh and has not been shared out of communion with his Holy spirit and a true understanding of scripture. So what we're going to talk about is not an attack on people necessarily it's an attack on their teachings it's kind of like when we did that episode about dale partridge remember michelle yeah when was that when did we do that i feel like it was was this past summer i think yeah um because that's what kind of got the ball rolling on this conversation on our podcast was when dale partridge came out with these two i think they were podcast episodes of his where he was talking about women being unable to understand anything other than devotional theology. Is that what he called it? Devotional theology? Yeah. Meaning women have the ability to sit down and to read a, you know, paragraph devotional every morning, but they can't do any more than that. Um, And if they want to, they need to be led by their husband. Yeah, that's it's laughable because you look at women all throughout scripture. And then when you do start to look at the women all throughout scripture, then the argument becomes, well, that was for the early church. That's not for us today. 
Um, and particularly, I, I'm just going to be very frank and honest. It makes my blood boil because, and then I ask myself, well, why? And I truly believe, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's me, it's my flesh, but it's also the Holy Spirit within me because when you know the Lord intimately and you have a relationship and you walk with him and you talk with him and he has helped you through valleys that you've went through in life. And I speak to the grief that I went through when I lost my father and how the Lord proved himself to me. And I, he gave me visions. He brought me to a place where I visited my father. Um, he has spoken to me and given me visions that I've given to other people that have come to pass. And when I see other women tell women within the body that when someone like me is to share that testimony, that I'm making it up and I'm lying. Mm-hmm. And there's something in me that throws up a defense. Like I feel like I need to defend God and I know he doesn't need me to do that. But what it does is it strips away the truth, the truth that, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't hear from God and he doesn't want intimate relationship with, with you. And he won't speak directly to you. That is Satan's whisper to women has been since the garden. And it, it, it it really, it makes my, my blood boil. And specifically, the I think you sent it to me. It was by an account called The Transformed Wife. And mm-hmm. her post, should I just read it? What, what it says? Please do. Um, says, many years ago, Joyce Meyer, and I am not a fan of Joyce Meyer. She. Me either. No, thank you. Prosperity gospel. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I'm not her fan. But she's using Joyce Meyer as an example for all women. Joyce Meyer said in one of her sermons, I could be home rocking my grandchildren, but God called me to preach. No, he didn't. You should be home rocking your grandchild instead. That's the problem with women hearing from God. They're lying and making it up. Oh, man. First of all, who are we to say, tell anybody God didn't call you to something? If you say God called you to something, then you are held at a high responsibility between you and him. I'm not going to tell you God didn't unless, you know, you're blatantly committing some atrocious sin against the word of God. But can a woman go out and minister and when she's gone, her grandchild is at home and she's not there to rock it? Sure. But I'm sure that this woman does rock her grandchildren when she is home. But to Mm -hmm. say that's the problem with women that hear from God, they're lying and making it up. No, no. It, that statement itself contradicts the entire argument that these biblical femininity influencers build. Because to say that Joyce Meyer's not hearing the word of God is actually blasphemous because when you read the Bible, you are hearing the word of God. When you read the Bible and these women, these biblical femininity influencers, they use scripture taken out of context 
we're talking like as a whole and as a culture, they do not view what they share in context. <laughs> and they adhere to a plain text reading. I've heard it time and time again, because Michelle and I have talked a lot about this on our individual pages on Instagram. Um, and then we've had a podcast or two where we've touched on this also. Um, our idea of Azer and getting your house in order is, is primarily woman-led right now, saying that men, we're not doing it alongside our husbands. That's not true. But women are receiving a different calling today than men are. Like, I'm not making that up. I'm I'm sharing what I'm witnessing in the conversations that I'm having. And so going back to what I was saying, the fact that she said that Joyce Meyer isn't hearing the word of, isn't hearing from God. Isn't, what, how did she word that, Michelle? What was because the last part? Of that's the statement? problem with women hearing from God. They're lying and making it yes. up. So first of all, we hear from God in many different ways. One way is by reading his word. And so what I was saying was these women build their argument of the biblical femininity movement on scripture that's taken out of context. So for her to say that women can't hear from God is completely wrong when she's teaching the word of God, because teaching the word of God can only come from hearing the word of God. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like what she's saying is just completely, utterly nonsense and blasphemous because whether you're reading the word of God or you're sitting with him in prayer and you hear from the Holy Spirit, they're the same thing. They're just, they're just different ways to hear yeah. God's voice. She's being hypocritical. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And before we get into some of our own personal testimonies of how we have heard from God. We, I do want everyone to realize we, you and I do hold to the belief that there is a divine order that Christ is mm -hmm. the head of all, that man is to be the head of woman. And then woman, it comes up. We know that symbolic mm -hmm. headship that the husband is to love the wife as Christ loves his wife, his bride. And that we are submitted to him as the church is to Jesus Christ. That is a symbol. That's how divine order is supposed to work. But we are not mm -hmm. dominated by our husbands. Christ does not dominate his bride. He loves her so tenderly and wants her to work in partnership and almost like a oneness. He manifests himself through her. Right? And I think people take that as, well, God is this domineering, controlling power that he, and that's how we should be with our husbands. That is not what the word of God is saying. We work together in partnership. And I think I'm a little bit more of a mutualist where within a marriage, I believe man and woman are one. Yes. And so... When we are one, we are mutual in our, I don't, I don't want to necessarily say authority or power because to be honest, marriage isn't about power. It's not really about authority. 
And so I don't even like that wording, but when I married my husband, I became one with him. We are interlaced. We are co-beings in one body. And that one body is under Christ. Yes. So that is personally what I believe. And I've had many conversations with my husband about this also. And he wholeheartedly believes the same. I would never speak on this matter or share anything that doesn't align with what my husband believes because it's not about power or authority. It's about the respect and the mutual. When I move, he moves. When I speak, he speaks. When he speaks, I speak. Like it's that constant give and take of us being one body under Christ. That's, and that is that pure example of how we are to operate with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus. Mm-hmm. We are fluid. Right. And, and I think it's hard to wrap your mind around because we are still humans and we fail. So we can't, we're not perfect. But when mm-hmm. we are submitted to the Holy Spirit and we're one with him, he will manifest himself through us. We will speak out of our mouth what he wants us to say. We And then his thoughts become our thoughts when we're in that spirit place and our marriages are to mirror that. That's a it's really interesting when you think about it in that way, Michelle, right? Because the same Holy Spirit that indwells in my physical body is the same Holy Spirit that indwells my husband's body. Mm-hmm. And so we literally are one. I mean, like physically, I mean, we don't need to get into that, but I mean, we become one, right? Like there, we are literally physically joined together through intimate moments together, but also the same spirit moves through each of us, which tethers us together. That's also why the Bible talks about being equally yoked because, and I know that this is a hard topic because a lot of people get married before they're Christians or a lot of people get married and one spouse becomes a Christian and the other doesn't, or the other spouse becomes a Christian at a later time. And that's why there's so much mess. And there's that desire for authority to put things in order, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But that's why God's word tells us to be equally yoked. Yeah. My husband and I were equal, equally yoked in that when we got married at the young age of 21, we both believed in God and we were both Christians as in we had accepted Christ as our personal savior. Mm -hmm. That was it. Yeah. But never in marriage is one to be more supreme over the other, because there are times and you and I have talked about this when spiritually Mm -hmm. we haven't been on the same plane where both of us in our marriages Allison, you and me, we have been spiritually, you know, by the human measure, a little bit elevated in what we were learning of over our spouse. But that doesn't mean we are to rule over him or that he still had some kind of authority over us and our study of scripture. That's when you go back to Jesus Christ is Lord and above everything. Yeah, absolutely. 
I got a message the other day um, from someone. And she, she said, she said, I was raised in the tradition that the husband leads. Like no matter what, whether he's a Christian or not, he leads because he's man. It's a gender issue. And which is another foundational issue that I feel like Michelle and I don't need to say, but we probably should just for clarity's sake. We believe that men and women are equal in the kingdom of God, but we also believe in different gender identities. Obviously, man is created with different gifts and different abilities and different characteristics, thank God. And then women are made with different gifts, different abilities, different characteristics. Like Michelle and I both believe there's a difference between male and female, but when it comes to this conversation that we're having now, there's a unity there. So just to make that clear. But this message was, I was raised under this tradition that the man always leads. And so I want your advice when it comes to, and she said, life altering decision. And my husband and I have both prayed about it. And we've read the Bible and we've both come to biblically based answers that are very different, that are opposite ends of the spectrum from each other. Then I was taught that no matter what, the man makes the decision and he leads. Okay, you can go with that. But my simple response to her was, if you are both Christians who are praying about it and reading the Bible, the Holy Spirit is not going to lead you each to different answers. Right? Right. Like, I honestly feel like this conversation is so is overcomplicated in a way. It is. Like just that question in and of itself, I don't understand how she could say what she's saying. And I'm not saying that like from a judgmental standpoint. I'm just saying you couldn't have both prayed about it and read scripture. The scripture is not going to lead you to two polar ends of the spectrum when it comes to making a life altering decision. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. If it does, then one is not being led by the true Holy Spirit. One's being led by a counterfeit or one's being led by their flesh. Yeah. It is hard because, you know, good, um, God-fearing Christians that study scripture, they will stand firm and say that through their study, they come out with a hierarchical view of how the home should be ran biblically or patriarchal. And then and the wife could say, well, I see it as a mutualist view. Mm-hmm. That's a hard one. My heart would break for that home. It would. It, um, sometimes I, I don't know what to say to so many people that message me because sometimes this isn't black and white. I mean, there's so many gray areas within this, but I'll tell you what is black and white. Don't take God's word out of context. Yes. I mean, so many people take verses from Peter and from Corinthians. And it's taken out of context. One, because we're not viewing the actual words that were written, right? We're viewing our modern English translations 
But secondly, we're not viewing the context specifically with Paul. Like when he's writing to the Corinthians, like if we just want to view like the geographical context of that, right? You know, the one section where it talks about women need to be quiet in church. And if they have anything, any questions, go home and ask their husbands. If we just want to view the very basic context of that, Paul is speaking to women who were actually girls because girls were given over to marriage when they were 12, 13 years old. They were uneducated. They were illiterate. So, yeah, if they're sitting there in a church, right, like an ancient Middle Eastern church hearing the gospel spoke, Mm -hmm. they're going to have a lot of questions. And so Paul was saying a church service should not be chaotic. So women, young, 12-year-old, illiterate women who have only ever been treated as property. If you have questions, the church service is not the place to stand up and ask. Go home and ask your husbands and talk to them. Not because they are more powerful, although in context, men were more powerful, but it was because they were older. They were probably in their 20s, maybe their 30s. They knew how to read. They were allowed education. Like, it's so important for us to view the context and to not use a handful of lines of ancient scripture, which does not mean it's any less divine, but we can't use that and just pull that and then plop it down in our modern Western church as a way to oppress and silence women. Because women have just have the exact same right to operate and to hear from God as our male counterparts do. Yes. And when you study the history of these churches, when you, when you really, um, and that's what I would say, if a woman is battling this viewpoint with her spouse and, you know, don't fight over it. Don't argue over it. If he gets angry Mm -hmm. over it, just pray and you quietly keep studying. But if you can talk to him, I would say, how about we look at the history of these churches that Paul was writing the letters to and mm-hmm. see what was going on? Because you will quickly see that what Paul said, as far as household codes and how women should be treated was radical for the day. Radical. And you'll, you'll see how he loved women and that, you know, he worked alongside them and he, um, loved sharing and ministering with and alongside women. It, mm-hmm. It's actually really, really beautiful when you get down and you study. But what we were saying before, how we're one in Christ, and he writes to the Galatians in chapter three, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that is just, it's as simple as that. That is a plain text reading. Yeah. That is something that you can look at and say, whoop, there is no needed context to that. That is straight led by the Holy Spirit. And the verse right after that, speaking about Israel on our other podcast, and if you're Christ, mm-hmm. then you're Abraham's offspring, your heirs according to the promise. It's Amen. beautiful and simple. So sisters, you can hear from God. 
and you know, I wrote the other day and I was crying when I wrote this. I said, don't you dare believe sisters that you can't hear from God. You know his voice. And that's what he says. My sheep know my voice. If are we not his sheep, he's told us then we know his voice. And when he speaks, we know it. So there's so many that are listening to this, that you know, the Lord has been speaking to you about things. Just, Mm -hmm. just, oh, it's so beautiful. I can't even put it into words. Just fall down on his feet and praise him. Mm -hmm. And I know that we've touched on this before in our gifts of the spirit episode, but I just want to reiterate this and I hope that it it is encouraging to women that are struggling who feel like they hear from God, but their spouse doesn't hear from God. Intercede for your husbands <laughs> daily. <laughs> Pray for your husband. Come alongside him and love him well. And if you are struggling with that, then ask God to give you the compassion that you need and the love that you need to love him well. Mm -hmm. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill your mouth with words to pray over your husband. I just, I have received so many heartbreaking messages from women lately who are just so struggling in their marriages and almost every single one of them are because they are more spiritually mature than their husbands. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine if you are not firmly rooted in this belief that Michelle and I share, how discouraged you must feel, how confused you must feel. And Michelle and I have been there before in our own marriages. I mean, we can totally speak to that. When you begin interceding and sacrificing yourself for your husband in terms of intercession, in terms of kill my flesh, kill my anger and my frustration and my impatience that I have with my husband and give me a supernatural desire and compassion for him. Give me the words to pray to intercede for him. God will be faithful Mm -hmm. because he loves marriage. Why else would he compare the end, the absolute, the, the culmination of the entire word of God to a marriage feast. Mm-hmm. It's profound. And it's important. And our culture has been telling us for too long how unimportant marriage is because the enemy hates marriage because God loves it. Yeah. And family. And you know what else the enemy is doing because he hates marriage? He's trying to pick apart women. He's trying to pick apart men. He's trying to break up the marriages and he's using false teachers like those within the biblical, biblical femininity movement. And we'll just be very honest, the reformed church, tons of mega reformed pastors. I mean, we've touched on Dale Partridge, John MacArthur, so many others are teaching this nonsense that women are to sit down and shut up. Don't open your mouth. Mm -hmm. I've heard John MacArthur on at least two occasions talk about not only women can't hear from God, but nobody can hear from God. Unless you're reading the Bible, the Holy spirit doesn't move and speak. Mm -hmm. You guys, women turn that garbage off. 
Yeah. It's not right. It's not true. It's not good. It's not just Allison having a bone to pick with a cessationist pastor. It's boldly calling that a false teacher because he's teaching that you can't hear from the Holy Spirit. And that's not true. That's blasphemous. It's blasphemous. Which is a, a profanity against God. That's what blasphemy mm-hmm. is. It's a profanity mm-hmm. against the sacredness and the character of God. And if you were hearing that teaching, I would go, I would advise you go before the Lord and pray and ask him to open your eyes and that that teaching that has come into your mind and flooded you with confusion, that the Lord would sort it out and weed it out and give you clarity. Michelle, what are some of the ways that you've heard from God? Or at least one way. Do you have a testimony to share? Oh, my word. So many. (laughs) There are so many instances that I can think of when I know the Lord spoke to me. And I started journaling it this year. You know, I was encouraged from my dad's journals, but I also felt like I heard the Lord say to me, just write. I want you to write things down. Because when we do hear from the Lord, oftentimes I think, was that me? You know, that's just me. Because the devil immediately will tell you after you spend a morning in prayer and you know, like as you go out throughout your day, the devil tries to, the enemy tries to make you doubt the voice of the Lord. Um, But I can give a couple recent examples. Um, One of them was, Over the summer, you know, I said in the podcast previous to this one that I felt like the Lord was wanting me to pray peace and protection over, yes, my family, but I felt like the world as a whole. And usually I don't feel those types of things or sense those promptings from the Holy Spirit, but I even put it out there. So I, for months, was praying protection over his body, his people, the world. I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was something. It was like an urgency and it got stronger and stronger and stronger. And on October 6th, um, it was a Friday. It was my husband's birthday and I was in the kitchen and I was cooking him dinner. And the Lord's been dealing with me for some things like through our local church. And I had been praying for um, my pastor and his wife. They were traveling And I knew they were traveling that day, but all day on October 6th, I had this heavy, heavy burden. And as the day got, was going, it just became heavier and heavier and heavier. I was standing at the sink and I bent over and I had literal chest pains. Hmm. And I looked at my daughter. She looked at me and she was like, are you okay, mom? And I said, it hurts right here. And I don't know what it is. And I was like, in a sense, speaking to the Lord. And I said, maybe it's just indigestion, but oh my goodness. And so I kept, I was doing the dishes at this point. She had left the room. And the 
air got like sucked out of my lungs and I bent over, I put both my hands on the counter and I just breathe. I I can't breathe. And I heard the Lord say, pray for protection. And he'd been telling Mm -hmm. me that for a couple months. So I just start praying for protection over his people, over his body. And I thought, well, my pastors are traveling. They had to text me earlier today. Maybe that, maybe they're, I, I had to text them. I said, I have such an overwhelming burden. Are you guys okay? They were okay. And all throughout the day, I, the Lord just kept saying, pray for protection over my people. And I would lose my breath. The pain would come back. It would go. And then the next morning I woke up and there was the attacks in Israel. But -hmm. there's also not just that was huge, the attacks in Israel, but there's small attacks that I am seeing within my local church community. There's attacks Mm -hmm. that I see in your church, the stories that you share with me. There's attacks in people's families and in their homes. So that was one instance that there was no doubt I was hearing the voice of the Lord and he gave me a burning conviction. But also about a month ago, I was praying for my husband and the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm getting ready to move. It's, he said, it's not going to be easy. It is going to be difficult. Be prepared for the call in the night. And immediately fear came over me. My husband does work night shift and I prayed and I prayed over him and I thought, I'm going to get a call tonight. And I remember I even texted him that night and said, are you okay? And he was fine. That whole week I prayed, Lord protect him. And as the days went on, I saw, I thought, you know what? Maybe that was just me. You know, something I am, I, me and Allison talk about this a lot. Allison says she sees dark things and then I sense more light things. And I'm like, no, it, that's not like me. I, I'm that's just, maybe it's just me, mm-hmm. you know, nothing bad's going to happen. But two days, um, before his accident happened, I was in the bathroom and I felt it again. And I just said to the Lord, I said, what is it, Lord? How is he going to be injured? And I caught myself and I was like, well, Michelle, maybe he won't, you know, and I, but I just kept praying. And two days later he went hunting like he always does. He says, I'm going to go in the woods for a little bit. And at about seven 40, about seven 40, he came in the house. He had fallen out of his tree stand. It had broke. It had snapped. It flipped him back. He did like a backflip from about 15 feet up in the tree. He landed on his head, his neck and his shoulders. And if on, on his face somehow, and we know, it's miraculous. God was with him. He was able to get up, gather his stuff. He was far away from the house and walked home. He fractured his C4 vertebrae. He fractured his sternum. They thought he had blood on the brain. I took him to one emergency room. He was transferred by ambulance to a downtown hospital that Mm -hmm. does trauma treatment. Um, They thought he might have to have surgery on his neck. They thought he had a spot that had busted by his lung. Come to find out, It was the C4 vertebrae, the sternum, and he had a blood clot in his neck. Everyone said, you're a miracle. He is walking. He's talking. He is fine, but he is off work for six weeks. He's in a lot of pain, but he should be either dead or paralyzed. 
at a C4 fracture. And I had complete supernatural peace. I had to leave him at one hospital. I could not go with him by ambulance to the other. At this point, I'm thinking his brain was bleeding. His neck might need surgery, his spinal cord. They told me he's going to a trauma ER. I, I had to go home because our truck wouldn't fit in the garage in downtown. And when I walked through the door of my home, because Lord had come before me and warned me and told me to pray, a supernatural peace washed over me. I was not worried in the slightest. I was in the car. I was at the hospital. I was shaking. And I got dressed. It's two o'clock in the morning. I took a shower, packed a bag, and I said, I'm going to sit here like they told me to. I'm going to wait for the phone call. I talked to my teenage children and we prayed over my husband. And I said, you guys, I'm going to try to rest for an hour. And I said to God, please let me rest. I know you've warned me. You told me that this was coming. Everything's going to be fine. I fell into a deep sleep at about 2.15 and I did not wake up till 6.38 a.m. And I got up, went down there and he is fine. We are working through whatever God's going to use this as a testimony. But if the Lord had not went before me, I know I wouldn't have had that peace. He does speak to his children and he will use you and warn you so that you can pray and intercede. Absolutely. Absolutely. If that transformed housewife. <laughs> Just well, kidding. So Allison was asking me earlier, she's like, oh, what? Because I don't say this to brag at all, but we call each other like the Lord. And this is, I tell my pastor this and my friends that just are now kind of getting to know me. I say, oh, the Lord told me, or I had this vision. This is newer, like all this communication mm -hmm. I'm getting from the Lord, probably the past year and a half, right? Yeah. It's like, sometimes yeah. me and Allison say, we're like, blow my socks off. It's just so supernatural and weird and crazy but we both love it. And Allison has so many stories. She said, what should I share? I'm like, um, I don't even know where to begin because it's so unbelievably awesome. You know what? This is a new one. This is a recent experience that I had just a couple of days ago. I haven't even shared it with you, Michelle. So the Lord brought it to my mind and I'll share it. I have a very good friend and I know that she is going through a trial right now in her family. It has to do with one of her children. And so we're recording this on Thursday. It was this past Sunday. I had a dream. So this is a little bit of a different experience. You know, God speaks to us in all different ways. Sometimes I will just be at the kitchen sink doing dishes or I'll be walking downtown on my way to work. Um, I'll be driving in the car and I will get a thought that I know is not my own and it's God speaking to me. And that's how I hear him. Um, sometimes I'll pass someone in the grocery store aisle and I'll just get a word for them. Um, a lot of times it's dark. Um, a lot of times it's like witchcraft or it's abuse or it's something like that. And so th that's another way that I hear him. But um, also God speaks to me in dreams and he has been doing more so, more so in dreams and visions. 
So this past um, Sunday night, I had a dream about my friend. And in my dream, she was in our church and she walked up to the altar and she laid down at the altar. Um, just laid down on her back. And she began screaming and wailing and crying out in pain. Like the words coming out of her mouth were inaudible. She was just in an, an, an immense amount of pain. And everyone in the sanctuary, they were all sitting down and they were just watching her up there alone, laying on the altar, just crying and screaming out in pain. And I went up to the altar and I sat down by where her head was laying and I just touched her shoulder and I began praying over her. And I woke up from that dream and the Holy Spirit immediately said, that is what she is feeling like on the inside. My friend is beautiful. I love her very much. And she holds it together so beautifully. She's a great mother and wife. She homeschools her kids. And this trial that they're going through is a direct and spiritual attack on one of their children. And so I felt like I needed to share that with Ash, with, with my friend. And um, I just said, you know, hey there, friend. Um, I want to share this dream that I had with you. And I shared it with her. And she responded to me. I won't read you the whole text message, but I want to read part of it to you. She said, you have no idea how much this touched me, not to mention how many times I've wanted to just go lay down at the altar during worship these last few months, but I don't want to draw any more attention to myself. I'm so tired of being the one that needs prayer. Yet here I am in such a desolate, desperate season that has no end in sight. I am so weak and so broken. And she goes on to say that she's been reading um, Psalms to comfort her. And she said, part of a Psalm in Psalm 42 says, my tears have been my food day and night. I couldn't describe it better. And that was an example of me hearing from God in a dream. And then he laid that burden. He planted that burden in my heart to reach out to my friend to just say, God sees you and he knows exactly what you are going through right now. So much so that he gave me a dream about you because he knew that I would reach out to you and tell you, I love you and I'm interceding for you. Mm. So often we overthink hearing from God. Mm -hmm. Hearing from God can be a dream. Mm -hmm. It can be just, I mean, a word that we receive, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like, I wake up hearing something. Like I wake up hearing a word or a sentence or a phrase about a month ago, I woke up and I audibly heard a voice say, pray against desert spirits. And I'm like, what in the world? What is the desert spirit, right? And so for about a week, I threw myself into researching 
desert spirits. What does that mean? What does it mean to be in the desert, in the wilderness, this, that, and the other? I talked to Michelle about that and come to find out in my research and my prayer, it had to do with a specific attack that my church um, has faced in a trial that my church is going through right now. So God speaks to us in so many different ways. He gives us words for people. If you see someone and you just think a simple thought about them, I mean, it can be so much as, do you know that God loves you so much? That has been planted in you for a reason. God is testing your faithfulness and your obedience. Are you going to reach out and be the hands and feet to this person? That's so often how he speaks to me. Um, and so I encourage you to listen, to listen, to not think that you're so constantly in your flesh that you can't hear from God because that's a lie from the enemy and you should rebuke it. Mm-hmm. God's going to speak to you and it's never going to go against his word. It's never going to go against the word of God, right? Like if, if you hear something that says you should probably leave your husband because I just really want you to be happy. Nope. That's definitely not from the Holy spirit, right? Mm-hmm. That's just basic testing and discern- discernment. But if you hear something and you think, huh, If I do this, or if I tell this person this, Mm -hmm. and the ultimate end is that God's going to receive the glory from it, then do it. Then walk in faith. Even if you feel silly, even if you sound crazy, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Go in faith. Go. Be willing and ask for God to speak to you. There's a section in um, Tyler Satin's um, Oh, um, praying like monks, living like fools, right? Mm-hmm. And he says that he says the same prayer every night before he goes to sleep. Part of it is, God, please speak to me in my dreams. That's it. That's yeah. it. Lay down at night and say, God, please speak to me in my dreams. Give me something that you want me to know, you want me to hear. Allow me to be your voice to someone else that's having a hard time hearing you. Yeah. I pray that over my children every night. Lord, give us good, wonderful dreams. Come visit us in in our dreams. If it's so be your will. Um, Another thing I have to say, Allison, because me, Allison and I get really like what all the time over this. So that's that testimony. She just shared about the dream of her friend. I had not heard that. She just, that's the first I'd heard it. Um, I too, why she's telling it. I will have, I'm, I've always been a dreamer since I was a child, but recently Mm -hmm. I haven't had any like dreams from the Lord. I I didn't feel like a very long time, but I had one this week and it was for a friend in church. And I know that she's going through a very, very, very troubling trial. I I can't even say on podcast because someone that knows them might hear, but I used to take pictures of her family. Um, I can't say her family is currently falling apart. Um, but I had not spoke to her in a couple years and at different times I felt like reaching out, but the Lord just know, you know, now it's not the time. 
But this week I had a dream and I saw one of her children and the child was distraught and crying. And I was trying, it was dark outside. And I was trying to bring her child back home. And the Lord just said, spoke to me in that dream. You need to pray for the hearts of her babies. And she has married child down to a child that's 10 years old, you know, children. I think they have several children. And so I saw her in the dream. And then the next day I was like, that was really weird dream. I had, I haven't even thought about her in the past couple of weeks, but all day Mm -hmm. I was, I was praying for her. And I was praying for her children and the hearts of her children because the Lord showed me that they were breaking. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted the release from the Lord to reach out to her. And I did. And I texted her and said, you know, had a dream similar. And she just said back, thank you. My babies, definitely their hearts need those prayers. I love you. And I didn't know your story and you didn't know mine, but it seems like the Lord will give you a friend to come alongside and show Mm -hmm. you how he operates. And oftentimes in the same ways, right, Allison, how many times has that happened to us? It's we've stopped even saying coincidental or anything like that because it's just the Holy Spirit. It's just how he moves and how he's tethered us together for a reason. Um, and I'm just in awe of it. You know, and someone like a transformed housewife might say, oh, that was just a dream. That's not the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And in response, I would say, maybe, maybe it's my own brain. Maybe it's my subconscious. Maybe it's all of those different psychological terms that I learned back in college Mm -hmm. at work and not the work of the Holy Spirit. But why would I do that? Why would I do that? Why would I give glory to anything other than God? When God moves us, when he prepares us through warning, when he moves us to reach out to someone in love and compassion, why would I not say that that's from the Holy Spirit? Right. Right. Yeah. All good gifts. He loves his daughters. He speaks to us and he moves within us. And I rebuke the lie that he doesn't. I send it to hell where it belongs to the pit of hell. Amen. It has no place in our hearts and in our homes. And you rise up like the daughters of God that you are. And you pray and you worship and you fast and you intercede and you ask for the gifts of the Holy Spirit and you teach your daughters to do the same thing because he is going to move mightily and manifest within his daughters in the coming days. Mm. And we are going to strangle and fight that religious spirit that has told us that we're nothing and we don't belong because we do. And he's given us a voice. Allison, when you were saying pray that over your daughters because he will, he's going to use your daughters that brought back to my memory. Um, my daughter, who she just turned 14 and she is very, she's more quiet, but she's sensitive to the move mm-hmm. and the voice of the Lord. Yeah. Um, Allison and her two children were at our house recently and they had left 
And when they left, um, it was in the evening. I had went and drawn a hot bath and I was sitting in the bathtub and I was praying and thanking the Lord for the day that we had had together. And I text you something. And when I text you something, this enormous rush of guilt came over me. Like you should not have texted her. She's driving. She could have looked at that. She may wreck. And when I heard, I was like, oh Lord, protect them. And I had this feeling, this overwhelming feeling come over me. Like the, again, you need to pray that protection. So I did, mm-hmm. but again, I'm, I'm in the bathroom and I finish up my bath and I get out and I, and Isabel, my daughter, she's at the door and she comes in. She said, have you heard from Allison yet? Did they make it home? And I said, no, but I'm sure she will message me back because I text her about 10 minutes ago. She leaves the room for five minutes. She comes back in. She goes, have you heard from her? I said, no, I haven't. You seem very concerned. What's wrong? And she is very hesitant to ever tell me anything that she's feeling spiritually because mm-hmm. she's questioning it. She said, I don't know. I just feel like I need to pray over them. So I have been, she said, let me know when they text you, when Allison texts you. I said, okay. She leaves her room again, comes back in. She says, I need you to call them. And I'm like, you need to tell me right now what you're hearing because it was very evident. And she said, mm-hmm. okay. I felt about 15 minutes ago, this urge to pray over them that they might be in danger. And I didn't know if it was me or if it was the Lord. So I prayed to God, God, if this is you telling me to pray over Allison and Luca and Adele, that you would give me a headache, she said. And she kind of giggled at herself. She said, immediately, mommy, I have this intense headache and I have it right now. Mm -hmm. And I told him if he gave me a headache, I would come down and tell you and we would call them. I said, all right, then. And I called you and you answered and said, we are pulling in our driveway. We're safe. And I said, okay, I just need to know, did you have any close calls? And you Mm -hmm. told me you did. That you were on the interstate, a major interstate, and a car Mm -hmm. came rushing by and almost hit you, the car next to you, which would have come into you or something like that. Yes. Yeah. It was like. One of those things when you're driving on the highway and you see it happen in slow motion and I literally like braced my body. I tried to relax because I thought this is it. This car is going to crash into this car and it all played out in my head. I saw it coming towards us and it would have pushed us into a semi actually because we were like in one of the middle lanes Um, and it just didn't happen. Like it just didn't happen. I saw it. I saw it happening in my mind. Like I saw the physics of it play out and it just didn't happen. So, and you know, that's, it's amazing really, because why does God want to give us the burden and speak to us to like, I want you to pray for them when he could just, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you have angels watching over you that he could just take care of it without letting us know. Because that's and why I, he created us for us. And I think it's a test of, of your obedience. Like, one, I'm going to speak to her. I want to test her to see if she can hear me, right? Because when we hear and we act, then he pours out additional gifts and blessings upon us. Like, it's that... 
it's that allotment, right? Like, okay, Allison, I've given you this. You know, it's like when our kids are little and we give them a chore to do. Okay, Adele, I want you to fold the washcloths for me. And she does a really good job folding the washcloths. And then, okay, I want you to fold the big towels for me. And so I give her the big towels to fold. Okay, you've done a really good job at that. I'm going to give you socks to match and fold together. Can you do that, right? And now she's to the point where she can separate clothes and she can put them in the washer and she knows which ones hang up and which ones go in the dryer. And she can do five loads of laundry if she needs to. I wholeheartedly believe that's how the Holy Spirit works in us and moves us and matures us. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's He's given me or you different and better gifts than anybody else. It's not like we're more chosen than anybody else. And I'm also not saying that certain people aren't chosen and given certain anointings and mantles that others aren't, but it's because God knows and God sees. And that's why your, your private, quiet communion with the Holy Spirit is so important because it's all about opening yourself up and giving yourself over to the Holy Spirit. Yes. Right. And it's amazing. It's amazing that he did that with Isabel. I was just thinking about um, we were at prayer service about a month ago and there was a new woman there. Um, I know her. Um, She came with a mutual friend, but no one else in our church knows her. And we were sitting down during prayer service and my daughter came over. And she sat on my lap and I just put my hand on her chest and it was beating so hard and so fast. I said, I said, are you okay, honey? And she said, I feel like I need to pray for her. Mm -hmm. I said, well, then you go do it. If you Mm -hmm. feel like you need to pray for her, then you go do it. And Adele stood up and she walked over and she laid hands on this woman and she just closed her eyes and she started praying. And that was it. Nothing big, no big fireworks or anything. It was just in her gentleness. She came over, she laid hands on someone and she quietly prayed for them. And on the way home, she said, mom, she said, I was sitting there and my heart started beating really fast and my hands got shaky. And so I just looked up and I just looked around because I knew that God was trying to tell me something. Mm. And I looked at her And she said, it was really strange. I felt like there was a string that was attached to my heart and it was going over to her. And when she would move, I would like feel my heart move. And I said, and so you knew you needed to go pray for her. And she said, yeah. And I said, and that was beautiful because you did what God asked you to do. And it's just simple. Mm -hmm. It's so simple. That's what we're made for relationship with him. He made us to be his family, to work Mm -hmm. with him and for him and to further the kingdom. Yeah. He's, he's pouring it out on not just his daughters, but his entire body. And we just so happen to be his daughters and we have our own children that we are discipling. And that's our prayer is that you would experience the Lord the way that he wants to be experienced and just let him let him pour it out.